Welcome to another barnstorming episode of Bush's Board Game Thing. Uh, I'm joined. We're online. This is an online recording right now. We're back to doing stuff online just for this week because it's half term and people are on holiday and all that kind of stuff. We've got Brian sat in his dining room. Eloise is in her bedroom and we can... St- whoa, 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 Not my dining room. Not what room is that in the background? Study. It's a library. It's my library. Yeah, study. Got a piano in the background. It's, library in it's it. kind of a gothic feel There's to piano it. piano in the background. Can't play it. Uh, it's fireplace. There's the bookshelves I built myself. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's just got a bit Victorian goth feel to it. You What's know? the um, slug? Yeah. Can anyone play the piano? Can you play the piano? Uh, Alison can play like one song. I'd love to play the piano. I'd absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, my, my dream just, is well, to be no, because... you know, one of those people that turns up in kind of like a, a rustic pub, like in uh, Whitby or, or, or something like that. Yep. And then suddenly you sit down at the kind of honky tonk piano. You've got everyone singing around you like he's standing. <laughs> Roll out the bar. So, the, the interesting story. Singing um, the Pogues. Myself and Alison, we both come from working class backgrounds. And when we applied to be middle class people, yep. they said, you, ha- you have to buy an upright piano for your house. And I was like, we don't really want one. They, when they, say, they said, like, look, we don't make the rules. That's it's part of the mortgage thing, piano. isn't it? Yeah. And I've got a wee avocado every week, oh. which is awful. Um, well, I was going to say as well, uh, obviously, we can see into each other's rooms at the moment. Uh, I was just saying, Brian, Eloise's camera, and I'll put a photo of this on, on Instagram, at Board Game Thing, have a look. There's some, she's done something to the, the camera, so it's gone fisheye. I feel like I'm illegally filming her through her laptop without her knowledge. <laughs> I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks I like she's in, change a, it. she's in a Puff Daddy video from 1997. It does look a bit like that. Yeah, like the yeah going up to the camera. Thing. There you go. It's a, 90s, um, it's a 90s music video. I feel like you're in uh, Alien Amp Farm. Uh, right, first off, for, before we get going into this week's episode, got some business to take care of. Uh, my mate Darren has messaged me to say that Brian got um, Spurs' motto wrong. Oh. Episode, when we were talking what about... What did I say? Something like, he who uh, dares wins. Uh, he said... I didn't, I didn't do the, I didn't do the says, SAS, did I? Imagine if you did. <laughs> uh, he, tell Brian it's to dare is to do, not to do is to dare. What, what did I say? To dare to do, is to not do. Not to do is to dare. I mean, it, it's know, a maybe, fine maybe, thing. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Darren, that's fine. You nitpick, mate. But maybe, maybe if Spurs did a bit of doing and a bit hey. less daring, we'd have won that Champions League final, all right? Can I, can I just say, <laughs> Eloise, you're not, inter- you're not a football fan, are you, Eloise? You're not into football? No. Best off My boyfriend it. is a secret footballer and had I known that, I don't think I'd be with him. So what he, ah, oh, this is what we were talking about last yes. week about li- lying it. at the beginning of your hobbies when you're trying yeah. to attract people and then allowing the hobby to kind of, is, he's a Crystal Palace fan, is he, your other half? No, Aston Villa. Oh, he got his jab at Crystal Palace. That's what got me confused. Yeah, because we live right next yeah. to it. He's a, he's a headhunter, isn't he? He's, he's, one, he's one of the top lads in one of the firms, isn't he? Hang around Green Street. He, um, strong football. Yeah. I think he always met, he, in Eloise's flat, they've always got um, train station maps up because he always tries to meet a couple of stations before the game, doesn't he? A couple of stations down on line. <laughs> obviously, the police yeah. get him. Yeah, yeah. But, is that what they do? He can't go to the. Yeah. yeah. And also, doesn't he have to give it? Does he have to give his passport up every every time there's an international <laughs> football tournament on? <laughs> It is Bush's board game thing, powered by Zatu Games. Uh, We've been promising this episode for a number of weeks. Now it's time to do it. We are bringing you an uh, an episode. I don't want to sound like RuPaul's Drag Race, but we're serving you an episode that is 100% about games to do with finance. This is based on Eloise's (laughs) ongoing saga that's been kind of going along in the background of the past couple of weeks of her Bitcoin ups and downs. Let's just get a status report on this as we speak. Then, Eloise, where are we at? Okay, out of the 600 that I've spent, I've now got 495. <laughs> this makes me angry. Brian, would you ever invest in anything like... Um, like pre- My dad always tries to say you should get premium bonds. I'll do it for you. Like 
absolutely not. Absolutely for not. You. Listen, I will. I will never be rich. I've. I've I will never. Uh, I will never invent a get rich quick scheme. I will never invent anything. I will never start a business because I'm terrible at that sort of thing. So I'll never be rich. But I know that I'll never get ripped off because I. If I've heard of it. If I've heard of it, then it's two years too late to be getting involved in it. Right. So you- That's my motto. Anything to do with business. To the point where Alison's always like, no one's trying. My default setting is everyone's trying to rip yep. you off. And I'm like, why does that cost that much money? How comes uh, the garage said that they're going to have to pay like uh, this extra, se- what's this 70% for? That's that. Okay, fair enough. But like all those sorts of things, I just, I, I yeah, I, I've, I've, my, my natural default setting is why are you trying to rip me off? which I think is a good thing, but also a bad It's thing. interesting. Our, our personality types, I think, came through in the playing of the financial game that we've been playing this week uh, called Acquire, which is a fantastic game about stocks and shares and buying companies and breaking other companies down and all that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, you can you can get it from Satie's website right now. And, and it's an amazing game. It looks, it's got this kind of big, bright, bold, colourful uh, front, which I think, and, and the pieces kind of help because if you're trying to get people to sit down and play a game that's about stocks and shares, you're going to have a tough sell. It's up there with hard sci-fi, I think, in terms of a tough sell to get people <laughs> whoa, 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 Well, whoa, it's true. On. No, no, it's no, true. no, no, no. Um, but we, I thought it was a great game. It was. It reminded me of um, what's that film? Brian and I, we both watch and we both love about the uh, selling weird bits of bad debt. That was a book by the guy who did Moneyball. Oh, uh, the Big Short. The, oh, I love the big that. Short, the big short. Yes, so it's a bit. It was a little bit like that in terms of putting together companies and then breaking them down and then selling them on for the max profit. And I kind of love the. Uh, there's something about the bookkeeping of counting up your coins which was quite nice as well i thought and weirdly weirdly despite her real life adventures and failures eloise was actually quite good at it but but the one question that obviously i kept asking through which did annoy you guys was why uh why was no one in it wearing gilets that's my, that was my big thing because did you any of you watch a show called industry that's recently been out no no it's a show about the cut and thrust, the jib and the jab of the London uh, financial markets. And there was a lot of people in there wearing, how can I describe it? Um, you know, a puffer jacket? Yeah. yeah. But imagine a puffer jacket as a gilet. Yeah. Right? And I thought, why are they all wearing gilets? A quilted why are they wearing gilet. Quilted gilet. And I thought, why are they all wearing quilted gilets? And then I thought it must be just something in this TV show. And then I went for a jog the other week down near the financial district and everyone was out in the pubs and clubs, not the pubs, not the clubs, but the pubs around yeah. there. Everybody was wearing a gilet. So if mm-hmm. is anybody that's involved in the financial world that listens to the podcast, <laughs> podcast.zatu.co.uk, uh, why do financial people wear gilets? That's what I really, that's the burning question that I... Is it, do you need freer, freer arms when you're waving your hands in the air saying bye-bye, sell-sell, the Jenkinson Corporation? But you still yeah, want to keep your core temperature warm. Do you know that up until recently, I thought it was a gillet? Wow. you got to get me gillet. <laughs> it sounds like something you uh, you might have with scrambled eggs in the morning. Or like a... But I did, I did the same with um, Fret. I thought it was Pret a manger and someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, actually, it's pre a manger. I was like... Oh, I was brought up in the, in the horrible part of Northampton town. Give me a break. <laughs> Bush's board game thing. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some of the games that you can get. If you like the whole financial vibe to your board games, you like counting the money, there's something very satisfying about having a stack of cash in front of you because of stocks and shares or whatever. Uh, I've got some great recommendations for you during the course of this. Uh, but, but we're talking about cash and you know uh companies and all that kind of thing i thought a great question to kick things off with this week was uh what's your first job 
you guys. What was your first ever job you ever got a wage packet for? Let's start with Eloise. What about you? Um, I did a, a, like a, we had a work experience week at school and I started working at this place called the Emporium in Northampton and it was a hippie shop. So my Ooh. first job, I loved it. I got 20 quid for a Saturday shift all day. Cash and hand? Cash and hand. or tax? Were you tax? Cash, oh. cash and hand. Um, and I was listening, report Emporium to the... Uh, to 20 quid, what would I have paid tax in that? <laughs> Nothing. Surely. Louise, in this shop, <laughs> I, I, I think every local like town or village has got a shop like this. I'm thinking, without yeah. having been into Emporium, joss sticks, tarot yes. cards, yes. crystals. Yes, yes, hair dye. <laughs> uh, small statues of Buddha. Small statues of Buddha. Yeah. Uh, wood, wood, wicked fruit bowls. Angel cards, angel cards that predict the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been yeah. amazing working there. That would have been absolutely amazing. Uh, Brian, what was your first ever job? Uh, Sainsbury's on the Tottenham High Road next to the Cannon Rubber Factory, which may, meant the, uh, the supermarket always smelled of hot rubber, which was, and considering I also worked on the, on the deli counter, and let me tell you, some of the things that went on at that deli counter, you do not oh, know about. Oh, my word. I can't imagine you on a deli counter. That's my first I can job. literally can't imagine you, like me asking you with a ticket, uh, t- two pounds a gammon, please, mate. Yeah. Well, the the week I started, I think they had um, they had gone decimal, not decimal, not allowed, um, but they'd gone from uh, not using pounds and ounces to just grams, right? Uh, and they'd changed all the machinery over, so it only ra- it weighed in grams. But it was all little old ladies asking for a, a half a pound of tongue, and I was like, I don't know what what is half what a an pound offer. in grams. I don't know what. <laughs> Do you know what, I'd love to hear from anyone who's got a skill still from a job that uh, they used to have. Like one of my first ever jobs was um, I was a silver service waiter. So we used to have a big old tray, massive tray with like 15 uh, salmon fillets on there or fillets if you're Eloise. Uh, and then a fork and a spoon and have to serve them. No, no it'd be fillets. It'd be fillets. Fillets. <laughs> fillets. Not now, though. Now I know. It's fillets. But uh, it was, you know, that, that's still good skills I've got to this day. And still being able to carry a load of plates on my hand and stuff like that. One of the weirdest jobs I've ever done is an overnight shift in St. Ival putting cherries into trifle pots for, uh, for trifles. I actually think that sounds like a great how, job. It's quite calming. How many, how many cherries per uh, it was uh, it was four per pot. It was a little little tiny little kind of pot of trifle that you'd have if you have it as part of a packed lunch. The thing about mass uh, mass production is even the littlest sort of little askance like could mess up the profit margin. So if you put five cherries on, you could have bankrupted. It is, and it was amazing, right? There was there was machines, there was robots in there that uh, knew how many tra- cherries you were putting in, and if you were above your average and stuff like that as well. And I feel, I feel very conflicted with the state of robots in, in modern society. But I think we've talked a little bit about this on previous episodes to do with sci-fi, but, um, you know, if you were to ask someone 15 years ago and show them where robots are at the moment, you'd be incredibly disappointed because robots can't get up the stairs. They're an embarrassment, aren't they? It's, it's not Terminator 2. They can't get up the bloody well, stairs. No, we've got those dogs now, those robot dogs, which are scary, but they, they, they don't seem to do the... I, I don't know. They need to get Who upstairs. What just... robot dogs, by the way? I don't know what robot dogs you mean. They cost £70,000 and they can cook you up never... to 500 yeah. meals. What? Yeah. I don't <laughs> know why they made a dog. We... <laughs> Hang on, why do dogs cook meals? <laughs> Yeah, it knows up to five hundred so, different. Recipes. Let me just let me just confirm. Andy, you've never <laughs> sorry. So let me just 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 to see where we're at here. El- 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 you're, you're on, telling just, me. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to, I want to disassociate myself from Eloise because <laughs> I know about these ro- robot dogs. Everyone's seen the videos of, you know, the viral videos of dogs yeah. running around. Robot dogs. Yeah. I want to disassociate myself and say <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. Eloise's claim. They also do ready meals. But it's not, it's not meant to be a dog. It just looks like one, but they say it's not a dog, but they've trained it to do 500 meals. <laughs> The fuck? trained it to do 500 meals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm typing. Is it up there on its back, back, back legs on the oven like a I dog? I think it does, yes. Stir inside. Wait, if it doesn't cook meals, what does it do? <laughs> God, no. I mean, what, they're wasting their time. All that effort. Wait, did you put it in? I've not. There's nothing. I've done a Google search. There's nothing. I'm going to... I'll try. Um, do you, what, you put the meal in the dog? Is it like a microwave tummy or something like that? Or is it cooking? <laughs> this is, it's just so confusing. Um, Again, this is a board game podcast, by the way. Oh, uh, I see what I've done. I've got confused with another robot. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, one called uh, the Bella Bot, which does smart catering, and that can do up to five. Does that look like a, a dog in any way, shape or form? No, it looks. Just, it's got just, just, just moving hands. It's just doing this. Hands all the time. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'd love it if a robot could make me a carbonara. Imagine oh, that. Oh, that would be. You go carbonara, and it makes you one. Yeah. Oh. Like, uh, anyway, imagine sorry. it's called Nathan. So you, you a bit like Alexa, whatever. You go, Nathan, Nathan, make carbonara. Say out loud now. Call it Nathan. Eloise, what you, what, Nathan. what you make? Get what are you getting him to make. Nathan, can I have a biryani oh, lamb one? That'd be so nice. Brian, any other meals? Nathan, Nathan, don't don't give me any attitude, Nathan. You look it, look over here, Nathan. What? I'll dock you. You haven't got any wages. I can't dock you wages. But Nathan, liver and onions. Oh, now. I love liver and onions. So Brian, sorry, just as you went to close the door to keep your family out of your little uh, study area there before this conversation, I noticed you were wearing shorts, and I don't think I've ever seen you in a pair of shorts in my entire life. Yeah, I'm having to wear a pair of light Adidas shorts because I I've got sunburn in a in in quite an embarrassing position on my body. Right, uh, it's my co- it's my cock and balls. No, <laughs> it's not. It's I was I was out in the garden yesterday. And I was uh, working on the patio, uh, scraping the patio and, and repointing it. And uh, y- we all know about my bum problems. You know, I've got a high bum crack. My, yeah, my bum tends to hang out like a builder's bum. I didn't realise the power of the sun. So I've oh, got a, a th- sort of quite a <laughs> thick band of sun, really bad sunburn at the top of my bum. And yesterday evening I said to my wife, uh, just have a look at this. Is it, is it, is it quite bad? And she, she started laughing for a good solid five minutes. <laughs> I, I'm going to send you a picture. Uh, is, it, is this going on? on socials, is I this going mind. on board game thing? I don't mind. We put, yeah, we can put it on socials. My... Um, the, the closest approximation is, do you remember Adam Ant? Do you remember the makeup <laughs> the red band across his yeah, eyes? Yeah, yeah. That's what my bum looks like now. Oh, it looks like, looks like that, that must be so painful because sunburn is one. Of, it's just the worst thing. It really is the worst thing. Uh, and that must be incredibly painful to have. Because you, you wouldn't think of uh, uh, putting suntan lotion on the top of your your bum area, would you? No, it's all in a million no. years. I don't, I don't ever put suntan lotion on because there's no point. Because even that, it gets through that. So I just usually put a hat on, a cape, just, just <laughs> stay out around. of it. But it, it caught me unawares yesterday because obviously we've forgotten what the sun feels like. So uh, I just thought uh, th- at this point in the proceedings, it'd be great to point everyone in the direction of a great little article about financial stuff on Zatu's website, written by a guy called Craig Smith. Uh, and he's come up with a brilliant thing. This is six top tips for board gaming on a budget. So we're talking about financial games, but obviously. Oh. 
Tr- ah, trying to yeah. save money is a good thing. So check this out on Zato's website. I'll just give you the kind of top line on it. Uh, B is for buy damaged goods. Uh, he says that you can, uh, if you look out for board games which have got dings and dents in them, sometimes you can get a bit of a deal. In fact, I bought the brilliant Sleeping Gods a couple of weeks ago, a, a, a expansive uh, legacy game, uh, and that was reduced by about ten quid because the guy in the shop said it had been it fallen off the truck quite literally. So that's a good thing. Don't don't forget if it's missing a dice, you can just get a dice from somewhere else. Use a dice from one of the other games. Simple as that, isn't it? Really, is as simple as that. U is for use reviews. Uh, his point is that you go and check out as many reviews as you can before you go and buy it to see if it's the game for you. Oh, I see what he's doing. He's spelling out the word budget through the abbreviations. D is for, ah. D is for don't miss a game. This guy is good. because it's cheap. This, guy is good. this is a very good point. Don't miss a game because it's cheap. Uh, sometimes I'm slightly put off games if they are what I would describe as suspiciously reduced in price. Uh, I don't want to sound like too much of a company man, but so many games on Zati's website are incredibly cheap. Sometimes we think, what's, what's the story with that? Is it cheap because no one likes it? That's, that's called the, uh, the CD bargain bin uh, syndrome that you find at Petrofax. Exactly. Why is it in there? You can find gems in there. You can find gems. Universal Soldier 2, £2. I got that at BP. Uh, G is for get rid. Uh, you can you can sell games online. You know, don't let it sit there in your collection. Free up the cash for other things. So that's a G. E is for embrace the community. Eat the games. E is eat not them. eat the games. Then you can get you, you can ha- play the game. Then you eat them. It's a good source of protein because a lot of games have got leather. Imagine in that. Them. In the love saying? of board games and this hobby, do you think that would be the thing that would take it to the next level to actually flambe and consume a board game? <laughs> Like board game cannibals. Board game cannibals. Yeah, I'm up for it, mate. Yeah. Uh, e is for embrace the community, which basically go to, uh, you know, in, involve everybody in the beautiful world of board game. And finally, T in the world, in the abbreviation of budget is T is try before you buy. Go to your favourite local game store yeah. and try some stuff and then out. If you'd spelled out, if you'd spelled out budgets, you could have an extra one. S, S for steal. Steal the games. Because <laughs> then you don't have to pay anything. Steal. Oh, should I be saying no, that? I don't I, think you should, should be saying, saying that. that? No, I shouldn't. Especially, yeah, no, no. Do not steal. Do you know, I've never, I, okay? I've never nicked anything in my entire life. Never nicked a thing. Really? Never. St- the only thing I've ever stolen was, I don't know if they still do it now, but do you remember uh, in a show fire that you get in a department store? They used to have red crystals that the light used to shine through and make it look like it was fire. That was an eighties thing. Yep. I remember stealing a yeah. handful yep. of those crystals and then feeling like the police were going to come and search me down, hunt me down. So you have stole. So I have. So you have stole. Actually, technically, I have stole. I. I've stolen, but only accidentally, right. and that was when uh, Butlins, circa pff, 1987, uh, probably no more like 1986. Uh, my brother told me in the gift shop that there was a basket of free toys. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible! <laughs> and I, t- I took two and wandered out. And then my dad, my dad said, "Where'd you get those toys from?" And I was like, "I got them. They were free. They're the free toys." <laughs> said, They're not free. <laughs> Bargain basket again. But, but probably, prob- probably, I got away with it because I was so nonchalant. I wasn't acting suspicious. I walked out as if I owned those. That's toys. a good point. Actually, to be fair, I I, the it. amount of things I've put in the bas- in the bottom bit of the buggy of our youngest daughter Thea that um. I'm that you know you're tired all the time. I've nearly walked out of the shop. whiskey. Yeah, you know, the same as DVDs, Richard Maidley. I was chatting to Maidley the other day. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eloise, you ever nicked anything? Um, the only thing I've ever stolen was uh, eyeshadow, but I felt too guilty that I went and took it back. So you replaced. So what are you told about this was last. This was last yeah. week, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I was probably about sixteen. Yeah, I felt too bad, so I put it back. Well, let's hit some other games that you might want to have a look at if you're into the financial side of things and you fancy a board game about that and be a bit of a Gordon Gecko. Uh, Brian is named Gordon Gecko on the on his Zoom picture here. Uh, Eloise, you know, do you know Gordon Gecko? You do you know about Gordon Gecko? No, I don't know who that is. 
She act, this is this is what I don't like about Eloise, right? She does this thing where she goes, "Oh, I don't know that reference. I'm so young. You're not that much younger than me, Eloise." How right? old are you? you? You have you seen Wall Street? You must have seen Wall Street. Yeah. Oh, he is uh, uh, the uh, wolf. Right, right, right. Do you know? No, I not the wolf of Wall Street. Oh, who no, is he? The Wall Wall Street, the film with with Michael Douglas, Gordon yeah. Gecko, Charlie. Sheen. Oh no, I've not seen that. Do you know what? Yeah, I think you have. I think you're lying. Um, if you've not listened to <laughs> last week's episode, genuinely, just listen to Brian's board game fact. Eloise takes him down on Lord of the Rings. I had to listen to it again this morning. I've never heard anything like it. It was brutal, wasn't it? I'm, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm dreading to I'm worried for you, mate. Because I'm afraid she's going to go in full It really again. was. It was like Eloise went in on him, got straight up, went off as if she knew she was going to yeah. get a red. I'm probably and do you know what? I wasn't expecting it them. either. Well, no, you know, you just, but well, you'd be better if you just went, oh, that's a really good fact, Brian. I really appreciate the effort you've put okay, in. Okay, I'll try really hard this time. It's on the way before the end of the show. Uh, very quickly then, some other good games to have a little look at. If you're into financial stuff, Funfair, very cool card game where you get to build your own uh, fairgrounds, like with different attractions to a, a, a draw the most amount of people to you in terms of customers. That's a really good game. Acquire, which we played, which we hugely recommend. Cool little pieces in that as well. Power Grid, unusual game about uh, providing electricity for a town. Quite cool looking. It's got a kind of Art Deco vibe. And you have to ring up and claim you've not used the amount of power that you've... And then you're wondering why they've charged the extra amount. And then you've sent them You've sent them. Yeah, the yeah. readings, obviously, but they've not, they said they've not got them. I think it comes with a, a little plastic pretend mobile phone so you can um, keep texting your customers to tell them that they're inst- you're installing smart meters in their, air, in their local area and they can sign <laughs> up for it as well. And, and that your, their opinions are important to you. Yeah. Um, one other game, which I want us to play at some point. We've got it in the house, and it's my other half, Katie's favourite game. It's called Viticulture, and it's about the wine industry, and you have to run your own vineyard. Uh, and it's mm. about the process of making wine, selling wine, uh, and stuff like that as well. And it's a fantastic game. Some brilliant um, expansions for it as well, which make it even better. Oh, and one other one, because we talked a little bit about Brian's love of hard sci-fi last week on the podcast. There's, a, there's an age-old game. A really famous old game that was was out in like the 80s and has been remade by Fantasy Flight Games. Still dead hard to get your hands on it because it's so rare and so brilliant. The Merchant of Venus. Venice? Venus. Is that the right it's word? Not, hang on. The Merchant of Venice or the Merchant of Venus? Venus, because it's based on sci- science fiction trading. So you, you fly around the galaxy buying stuff and selling stuff. And it's, I think it's a play on the Merchant of Venice and they call it the Merchant of Venus. Ah. So the things that you buy in it, are they space things? Yeah. So, like, it's boring if you're doing a space game. You've got to buy cucumbers or, or gold or aluminium. Is it space cucumbers, space gold, <laughs> space aluminium? Yeah, I, I space stock. Because that's what I find, like, or just invent new space stuff. Because I find it boring if you're in a space game and you've got to use, like, stuff that we know about already, like hydrogen well, or whatever. Eloise, uh, put space before three things you've eaten today and see if it sounds like stock Brian might have in his spaceship then. Um, space crumpet, space jam. Oh, Oh. And space curry. <laughs> space, <laughs> space curry, yeah, yeah. I had space super noodles for lunch, so that's good. Um, that work. I think it, it does works. work. Um, yeah. Space crumpet sounds like a magazine Brian might have whilst he's <laughs> flying around in a spaceship. <laughs> uh, right, well, it, we've been putting off for too long. Let, let, let's do this and let's see if there's uh, it met with a more cordial reception than last time. It's time for Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's board game fact of the week. Facts, facts about finance. Right? Did you know that it costs one point five cents 
as in CENTS, the American uh, currency, <laughs> to produce one to produce one cent. Eloise, it costs way more. It costs it costs it costs fifty percent more than it actual than it actually. <laughs> It costs fifty. See, she's got it's in my head. In head, mate. She's got in my head. Your head's gone. It costs. It costs. It costs fifty percent more than the, its actual worth to produce a cent. Okay, that's I, that's uh, yep. that's Eloise. Like, yep. I knew it. Well, she's like, what? what? She knew that one. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I know because I've told you it before. I know. It's not like you knew it already. I know, but that. I'm but don't you think that's I'm, interesting? It's fantastic. It and the reason why they can do that. Because they lose money then, so they lose they lose loads of money on making cents. But the reason why, and then that people also think it's the same in England. But the Treasury, the Bank of England, refused to confirm it that it costs more to make a penny than it actually. That's ridiculous. But why do they do it? Why do they? Why is that? Um, because people need those small denomination coins. They just want them for transactions and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but the amount of it's not about profit or loss, obviously, because they're not in it to make money. Um, but the money you make back on, so it costs 1.5 cents to make a cent, but it only costs like 10 cents to make a dollar, dollar coin. Cause they have some dollar coins it only costs uh, uh, 0.5 gotcha. cents to make a $5 bill. So they make all that money back. So if, they, if all they made was cents, then they would that lose. Literally lose doesn't make sense. Does it? Hey, it doesn't make sense. There's a little, little it doesn't gag doesn't make coin. sense. That's, that's the first fact. What are we thinking? That's, that's not bad. That's good, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's good. You're warming um, up. Do you know what? Too, Brian, you're being too needy. You're being too I, um, needy. I, I would come just on. like to say I'd love, on, I'd love for them to bring back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people listening to this from different countries have got a uh, denomination or a type of coin that they don't have anymore, but I'd love for them to bring back the old big 50p. Love big 50p. The weight of that in your pocket <laughs> oh, is brilliant. that 50p was great. And also, if you'd, you could hoy that at someone's oh. school. Oh, sound it makers, they'd hit their head. Oh. What I want to know is what's going to happen. Do you remember the £5 coins? I've got two five-pound coins. Have you? I've never heard of them before yeah. in my life. Yeah. How and big was that? They like a... What they're worth now. Oh, here we go. They're worth they're yeah. worth five pounds, Eloise. That's how it works. <laughs> but are they? <laughs> if you go into a shop and go, what can I buy with this? They'll go, five pounds worth? They'll probably but say nothing, if, actually. If a two-pound coin is that big, a five-pound coin must be, this, looks like you've won Wimbledon or something, surely. Yeah, it's like a medal. That's ridiculous. That was never going to take yeah. off. Well, that's interesting. That I didn't even know they existed. Um, I don't know how much. I've just looked them up. Yeah, no. What are they uh, worth? They're worth five pounds. They're worth oh. five pounds essentially. Um, okay, okay. I'll hang Fact on number to two. them then. Fact number two. Um, why are why is the American slang uh, for a for a dollar a buck? Don't know. Ooh. Don't know. Don't know. Go on, have a have a rumination for a bit. Mm. <sighs> something to do with bucking horses. What did you say? Um, oh, right. Something to do with Sorry, <laughs> bucking horses. So maybe, maybe that's how they used to bet on horses by using dollar bills. Yeah, and it was like something like that. Go on. Yes, that's it. Okay. Well, a buck isn't a horse, by the way. So there we go. Buck is just like a stag, isn't no, it? No, but they were bucking. Bucking what? Well, that, it's that <laughs> move, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's, that's uh, rodeo bull bucks. The horse doesn't buck. Does a horse, a horse does, bucks? It must do a bit of bucking. Why are you questioning everything I say Buckaroo. tonight, Brian? Buckaroo, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've made no, a game. That's of a donkey. Yeah, a that's a donkey. A mule. Sorry. Anyway, anyway, let's get back to it. The reason why the slang for a dollar bill is is, is a buck because in the old days in North America, a lot of the first trading there was no real currencies, yeah. and you would trade uh, skins. 
and big big skin big skin <laughs> a uh, big skin, skin. they would uh, it was a buckskin from a from a rain was it rain so i was deer, sort of it? right he was so, sort of right yeah so that's why that's where it comes from currency it was like a currency thing where you would have a buck give me a buck that's worth a buck can i borrow a buck fantastic well, there you go. That's no. Again, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm liking this. Th- these on. are good. These are great. These are two great facts. That's fantastic. That was good. I'm going to go for a third one. I'm going to go for a third oh. one. And I'm, I'm just can see Eloise's eyes just judging me. Uh, why are American dollar? Why are American uh, currencies green? Because no one else does green. I know the answer to this. Do you? Yeah, because I told you again in a different feature. We um, did. Well, why? Why are you doing the same fact? Because it's because it has to be about finance. Because this is a finance. There episode. are lots anyway, of other the, ones. I'll get to the point. It's because um, green is very hard to photograph, and in the old days, in the nineteen sort of tens and twenties, the way you would primarily counterfeit money was you would um, take a photo. You'd photograph. You'd take a photo and re- reproduce it. But green was very hard to capture on black and white uh, black and white cameras, and that's why they're well, green. There you go. I think that's that's three. And the reason facts. why they're still green, even though there's even though there's uh, color cameras now is because they bought up such a large stock of green ink they're still using it there you go Eloise what about that that's quite a good finale with the ink come on come on yeah that's Brian's board game fact of the week absolutely battered again by Eloise oh I've got the yips yeah I think you have got the yips Uh, a couple of new features now for you as we work our way further into this podcast Uh, and don't forget you can get in touch on anything that we've been talking about at board game think uh Starting a new little feature called SideQuest, which is just a little thing or a mission to set our great listeners onto to get back to us uh, each week. And there's a question come in from a listener called Rob. He says, guys, how would someone go about getting involved with some board game groups? Whilst I love playing solo board games, and we're going to do a special on that fairly soon, I also wouldn't mind the social aspect of having other fellow board gamers to play with. This is a great question. We're not going to answer this. We want uh, the board game thing listeners to answer it. So here's the question. This is your side quest this week. How did you first find the group of people that you play games with? Uh, and, and any advice for Rob there if you don't have a gaming group and you'd like to go out and meet other people? All you've got to do is drop us a message on the email, podcast at zatu.co.uk or via Instagram, at boardgamething. Oh, do you know what? It's such a shame that we want the listeners to do this because I've actually got such an amazing answer. Right. It would answer, it would like... Well, you could just say it. Go on, then. If you want to no, just no, say no, it. I can't. I can't no, I don't want to ruin it for we've got no, loads no, of time. Honestly, honestly, because it would, it, everyone would immediately go, yes, that's the perfect way. There's no other answers that are better than that. So that's yeah. perfect. But look, if you don't want it from me, that's fine. So that's you're fine. saying you, you have no, the do. actual answer to... Yeah, I have the actual answer. They're not even like an answer, the answer. So to, well, go on, then. Look, it's fine. Do it. No, because I don't want to undermine. I don't want to undermine. Okay, well, feature, no, fair so you don't want to, don't want to just, undermine yeah, the whole side quest. That's that's great, even though you know the answer. So appreciate that, Brian. Thanks yeah, very much. So okay, <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. I mean, one even wonders why I even brought it up, but never okay. mind. Okay, so look, the the pitch is on the way very very shortly. Where one of you guys is going to get to pitch us uh, an idea for a board game that hasn't been unveiled or invented yet. Uh, but it's time for a brand new feature. We're just machine gunning new features at you guys this week. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a, a, a part of the podcast where Eloise is going to. Look at different aspects of certain board games that maybe they've created a character that you you know and love through playing the game, but sometimes you feel that the character falls flat because they don't have a uh, fully filled out uh, backstory. And we want to put that right by offering a free service where you 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 fill in the details of a backstory of a particular character from a game. And this week it's all about financial games. So you've picked the the ultimate financial game, Eloise, to to, yeah. to b- backstory one of the characters. Who who is it and what game is it? 
I've picked Mr. Monopoly from Monopoly. So I've picked, gone in with a big wig. Okay, so he's the um, guy he's with the, the, the moustache and stuff, I right? know that. Don't an, step he, on my toes, got, Brian. Is he, well, no, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I seem to remember someone stepping on my toes during my... Well, can we stop this stepping on each other's right toes, please? All right? Just let me have the okay, first fine. one. Just let me have the first one. I'll step one. back. I'll get if, off your toes. I will answer any questions at the end. Right, okay. okay. <laughs> it's not a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to give my client's bio, so... Okay. Okay. Right, Mr. Monopoly, his full name is Milburn Pennybags, right. but to those who know him best, he goes by Uncle Pennybags, and he's 81. Right. Um, according to Forbes, he is the sixth richest fictional character. He's been superseded by Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies, right. Richie Rich, Scrooge McDuck, Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons, and Daddy Warbucks from Little Orphan Annie. Um, he is richer than Bruce Wayne, though. Um, he's got an estimated worth of $7.1 billion. And he grew up in a poor neighbourhood in Atlantic City. But Uncle Pennybags knew that he would have to put the work in to get a better life for himself. So following a series of lucky chances, including a bank error in his favour, his life insurance maturing and winning the second prize in a beauty contest. um, And also because he collected $200 million just for passing go, he capitalised on his newfound wealth and bought hotels on Park Lane, Mayfair and some train stations. And he taxed anyone who set foot in them. Um, he has risen from the uh, his controversies from his past. Oh yeah, um, because life wasn't always paved with gold with him. He was arrested, and he was indicted for conspiracy to Uh-oh. commit wire securities and fraud. But fortune favoured him because, luckily, he shook off the conviction because he had to get out of free jail card. Yes. Um, he's now currently a top investor in London's Embassy Gardens in Nine Elms. And he's funded the world's first giant transparent pool, which only oligarchs can attend. Um, and he said in a recent interview, those fools will buy anything to hide their money from the tax man. And I've always wanted an aquarium of rich people. Um, so that ruthless energy keeps him in the top 10 of the Forbes rich list. Now, with no partner to speak of, you can find him on the dating app Sugar Daddy Meat. And he's single and ready to oh. mingle. Oh, God. It's like the ones with Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Uh, like you say, so you finished. That's a great I like that. Sort of filling in the backstory of, of old yeah. Uncle... Is it Penny, penny Bags or Money Bags? Penny Bags. Uncle Penny Bags. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I've got a few questions. Go on. What's with the, what's with the monocle? Why does he wear a monocle? <sighs> got one bad eye. He's got from, bad eye. You know what? Yeah, it was just from when he was growing up in the poor neighbourhood. Um, just got in a fight about penny sweets so, and that's how he got his name Penny Bags. A lad in my year at school got taken to hospital because someone threw a pink wafer biscuit at a kid's party and hit him in the eye. <laughs> Corner of that hit him in the eye. So he could have a monocle. Uh, um, so he, okay, he's got a monocle. He wears a top hat and he has yep. a cane. How does he feel about Mr. Peanut who has also those three things? That's a good well. point. He's got the same What's kind his, of look, yeah. yeah. He's all right with it. Who had it? For, who who had it first? Who had loads it first? richer. Well, it doesn't matter because money buys anything. So he's just bought the title of I, first owning the. I'd love for Mr. Monocle. Peanut to take Mr. Money. What's his name? Money Pag Bags. Penny Bags. I'd love Mr. Penny Peanut bags. to take Mr. Penny who Bags. Who is Mr. Peanut? I need to. That's Google a good point. Him. Mr. Peanut is just uh, the. He's the international. Uh, peanut. He's the peanut. peanut mogul. Oh, I see. Okay. He's got right. um, lovely, slender, kind of almost like tap dancer legs, doesn't he, Mister Mister Peanut? He does, yeah. doesn't he? He might actually have tap dancer shoes, actually. Yeah. I'd say he's my favourite uh, anthropomorphic company logo after probably after 
the Michelin Man. He's, yeah, he's a good lad, isn't he? Michelin Man. And is it Douglas the Butter Guy as well? He was <laughs> Douglas good. Douglas the Butter Guy. Uh, Eloise, that's fantastic. Now we know the backstory to, uh, I, I, I would say, a character from Monopoly that we all thought we knew, but it turns out we yeah. didn't know him as much as we did. And it's amazing to know that he actually owns that um, transparent, swimming pool that made me f- yeah. feel slightly sick the aquarium of rich people um so do you think this uh, feature will come back or well i don't know i mean i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it um I'll give it three out of ten Only Whoa, the first i one. think i liked it i like i feel like it could have could have been better and do you do requests because yeah what I, what I do you know who i want to know the backstory of the guy on the front of the mastermind oh yeah because there, okay. there's a story there and I want to know how he met that woman. Yeah, because she looks like his carer okay, a little fine. bit. But um, consider yeah. it done. Um, She's but considerably you... younger than him yeah. as well. Okay, fine. I'll sort that out. Maybe he is on Sugar Daddy Meat too. He might be. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they know each other. Eloise, that's fantastic. Let us know what you think. If there's any requests of people that you would like Eloise in the world of board gaming, any characters you like Eloise to to do the backstory uh, or of, and can we get an agreement in Eloise next week? It's the the old fella from Mastermind consider it done right let's wrap things up with another episode of the pitch where you guys get to put to us a board game that you've made up this is listener dan take it away dan hi board game thing it's dan newman from tumbage in kent and here's my idea for a board game it's called starlet you start your sports career at the bottom and try to work your way up along the way you might get embroiled in a scandal or get a career-threatening injury alternative routes would be available to manage coach or be a pundit the beauty of it is that it can be applied to any sport cheers i like that short and sweet i, I like the idea of uh, being able to be a sports star and maybe give that classic sky sports no comment speed out of a training ground with the windows wound down on your car that'd be quite a good one wouldn't it yeah i'd like yeah i'd like to be involved not involved i'd like to see a, a couple of cards which involve bunga bunga parties because <laughs> you don't really see, hear about those anymore whatever happened to bunga bunga parties well is that another google for me i don't i wouldn't okay. google that no, i wouldn't google that one not on that work laptop uh bunga bunga parties i think uh, ah, sub- debauched is soirees <laughs> yeah is it sub- silvio berlusconi invented them didn't he yeah I did, i'm sure he didn't invent the concept of of a, of a sex party but and it's oh. it's yeah it's where loads of young young men and young women and and sometimes older men and older women uh, get together and just have a Great have, fun. have a good time so and footballers love doing them they were all at it during lockdown weren't they um, so I'd like to see so that maybe we could rebrand game, I mean, obviously we need to speak to Daniel about this but we could rebrand it as yeah. Bunga Bunga Party 2021 <laughs> 2021 uh, and I'd like to see because uh, I love I love the idea but I'd like to see. Um, a section where sports stars get media trained and they have to learn how to say, uh, yeah, we go again next week. Obviously, it's not the result we wanted, yeah. which, again, can be for any Just trot sport. out the same stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll, we tried hard, we worked hard in training, etc., etc. Well, uh, oh, fantastic okay. idea. Thank you so much. You've won yourself a Zatu dice tray, you lucky, lucky person. Uh, oh, thanks, mate. You should probably give one to Dan. Well, no, no, that's, that was Dash for Dan. You're not getting one. You're not getting, you've got the fleece. What more do you want? You've got a Zatu fleece, mate. No, it's a Zatu. Uh, hang on a minute. Oh, God, no, I forgot to let the cat out of the bag. I've got they the do a padded gilet. Yes, padded gilet. What about that? I'm not, Gillet. Do they, honestly... Zatu, if you're listening, we will be, obviously. Um, Davey Zatu, <laughs> chairman and CEO of Zatu, Zatu Games. 
Um, I refuse to come on next week unless you send to me a padded gilet. <laughs> Unbelievable. You heard it here first. An ultimatum ending this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Check out all the games we've been talking about on Zatu's website. Uh, any other questions, get in touch. Particularly side quest, try and help listener Rob out about how best to find a gaming group at Board Game Think uh, for all your messages on that. Huge thank you to producer Ross, uh, Eloise, and Brian. I will see you next week. Take care. 